Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. Tonight, special guest co-host is Chris Sinzak from Decibel Geek. Chris, how are you? Doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on, man. It's long overdue. I know we've been talking about it for a while, and I know you're a crazy KISS fan. You've given us a lot of great KISS content on the Decibel Geek podcast, which I recommend all Talking Metal listeners subscribe to that on iTunes or where else? Uh, well, we're on all the different, you know, different destinations. We're on Stitcher, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spreaker. Um, I think we're also we're also on Podomatic and then Last FM. There, there's so many okay. different avenues, you know. But we're right. we're on pretty much all of them. Are you guys on iHeart? No, we haven't submitted yeah. to iHeart yet. No. Yeah, I did, and I was rejected. So I'm now <laughs> gonna re-approach them with musicless versions of. Of talking metal, which I mean, as you know, when you're working a full time job and you're doing, you're a dad and you're doing fifty other things, it's like it's just the last thing I need to do is like a second <laughs> version where I clean out all the music. But yeah. I guess iHeart's important. I don't know. Some people seem to think it is. I'm not totally convinced of that as of yet. But I know it's you know, industry supported, and they're claiming they're going to be getting apps in built into cars soon. So yeah, I, I guess it's important. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, we just haven't submitted yet. I think I'm just afraid of the rejection. Yeah. Well, it will happen if, if there's even the slightest bit of music in your yeah. podcast. And they don't care if the PR guy said, go ahead and play the track. They, they right. just, it's no music. But, okay, we're going to talk some Kiss today. We're going to talk some Vinnie Vincent. Chris is an expert on Kiss. He's given us, again, a lot of great Kiss content on the Decibel Geek podcast along with Aaron and... Let's just quickly mention the Defenders of the Old Festival 3 on March 13th and 14th, 2015 in Brooklyn, New York at the Bell House. I will be there for probably both days, at least one day, because this lineup is incredible, guys. The Rods, the one and only, with Carl and 
David Rock Feinstein, who of course is Ronnie James Dio's Dio's cousin. Uh, they will be playing their first New York show in a long time. Aggression is playing. High Spirits out of Chicago, an excellent band which we've featured on the podcast many times. October 31, and most importantly, Exciter will be reuniting. They actually already have reunited, but this, they will be playing their first U.S. show at the Defenders of the Old Festival in Brooklyn on March 13th. So again, this is Dan Beeler, Alan Johnson, John Ricci, the original three guys reuniting for the first time on U.S. soil at the Defenders of the Old Festival in Brooklyn, New York on March 13th and 14th. I will be there, and I hope to see you guys there. Guys, we have Chris here from the Decibel Geek podcast. Chris, do you guys, what's like your basic website if somebody just wants to check out the uh, website? It's just simply decibelgeek.com. That's all, that's all you got to do. And how long has Decibel Geek been going on? Uh, we started in April of 2011, so a little, I guess we're approaching four years next year. Excellent. And a lot of great episodes. Let's talk about the Gary Corbett interview <laughs> you guys did. Did you just have him back? Yeah. I haven't yeah, heard we that. Did. But... And I, like, we did. And we had Gary come on, uh, I guess, well, we recorded it around last Christmas, then it came out in the beginning of the year, and it was uh, a two-part long-form interview, and most of it explosive yeah he uh, he had a lot of uh, very provocative things to say and um you know he he laid it all out on the table for sure and got a lot of response and uh even got some response from a member of kiss himself yeah that's right paul stanley kind of poo-pooed yeah but he guys. retweeted the link at the same time so we appreciate it <laughs> yeah he's he's a disaster on twitter i mean he paul paul is is out of control i mean i just spoke to Eddie Trunk in a recent interview, and I, I was fascinated, and I'm sure you probably heard about this. Paul claims that his his phone was somebody picked it up at a party and and tweeted out that metal show. Oh, really? You didn't uh -uh. know that? Yeah. So he Paul, this is less than two weeks ago. Paul's Twitter account, the official Paul Stanley Twitter account, suddenly tweets out. A tweet, and all it says is that metal show. <laughs> and then seven minutes later, Paul tweets out again saying, regarding that last tweet, that's what happens when you put your phone down at a party uh, and somebody grabs it or something uh. like that, implying that somebody like hijacked his phone at a party and was quickly able to open the Twitter feed and tweet that out. I mean, the whole thing is just, it's freaking weird. <laughs> I, and Eddie and I spoke about uh -huh. it and it, it just, it doesn't, is it possible that that happened? Sure. Yeah. But seem, it seems unlikely. And, and what is he doing? He's at a party. It, it, it was like, you know, 11 AM LA time. I don't know where, where, where they currently are. Right. So who knows? I guess it could have been a, a different time zone, but yeah, it was just, just weird. And another kind of, little strange nugget in the Paul Stanley, mm -hmm. Eddie Trunk well, war, I guess, if you I'm will. I'm inclined to believe it because you know Paul wouldn't have tweeted that metal show out the way he feels about those guys. Unless, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's strange. I mean... You know, if he wanted to have a little bit more, be a little smoother about it, he could have just said, I forgot to put the word sucks on there at the, on that tweet. 
know. Yeah, there you go. That covered his, covered his and and maybe maybe he was going to do something <laughs> like that. Maybe did you see where he was doing this um, Q and A somewhere, and somebody actually yeah. asks in the audience. They open the they open uh, you know they open it up for questions, and somebody in the audience says, "Why don't why don't you like going? Why wouldn't you go on that metal show?" And he really kind of again cuts it yeah, down. Yeah, he, he called stuff. him Wayne's World or something. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think Paul hates? Oh, it's so you know, and well, and going back to the interview we did with Gary, and it's not just Gary that told us this. It's not just Eddie that said it. It's it's kind of the long running thing for people that have been on the inside of the Kiss circle with Paul Stanley, and I'll always right. be a fan. And Paul's a great singer, a great rock star, and you know, I'll never stop being a Kiss fan. But um, you know, his personality is such to where. He's very thin-skinned, it seems, and he doesn't take criticism well, and he he's very apt to dish it out, but not very apt to take it. And Eddie disagrees with the makeup issue, and I think Paul just was he just doesn't he doesn't uh, go for that. And also, you know, I it's got to have something to also do with uh, Eddie's long-standing friendship with Ace and Peter. I think that's what it is. I think it's. I think Paul and Gene want people to side with, pick sides, and if you're on their side, then great. And if not, we're not coming on your show. You know, yeah. I just I think that's what it boils down to. And I, it's, it's Paul and Gene's decision. They can, I guess, they can or can't go on Eddie's show if they want to. I mean, it, it's all kind of silly and overblown, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, on another note, you know this guy Bill Wang, right? <laughs> I love Bill Wang. <laughs> Yeah, he's got this kiss page, kiss, 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 uh, something or another. Anyways, he's always like tagging me on on these uh, things that he's posting. And somebody posted a picture of Peter and Ace and, you know, the bad boys of rock. And why don't they ever do, you know, wouldn't I think the question was, wouldn't you like to see them do a record together? Why won't uh, Peter and Ace record a record together? And I I responded to that, that Ace doesn't want to. I mean, and and I think recently we found out what Ace really wants is to do a record with Gene and Paul. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree? Yeah, with that? I mean that's that's kind of the way you know if you sort of read between the lines, and us Kiss fans love to read between the lines with these guys. That you know answers that Ace has given in interviews in the past few months. I get the feeling he you know he he'd like to be back in the band. I don't I don't think I don't think that's right. a big secret or anything. But you know if you go back a long way with uh, Ace and Peter. Uh, I think it's pretty evident that Ace doesn't have any interest in Peter playing with him. He wants different types of drummers to play with him. He, and I don't, it's, I don't think it's a really a shot at Peter. I just think Ace, Ace is more into, uh, you know, a different style of drummer than Peter. Peter's very loose. Ace likes really tight technical drummers. Yeah. I think Ace feels that he is constantly being grouped in and put, put with Peter in the interviews that, that Paul does. Paul will, will refer to to the books that Ace and Peter wrote, almost like they're one book, you know, and and talk about the negativity mm-hmm. and how they're full of lies and stuff. However, it's like Ace's book; he doesn't really. I don't think he says hardly anything bad about Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very positive book. Where Peter's is an incredibly negative book. It's a great read. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I I do think Ace is probably tired of always being lumped in with with peter well peters is very filled with is filled with a lot of whining and stuff um he does spill a lot of beans but you have to wonder how many of those are are truthful or not 
Yeah, I think there's probably some exaggeration in there, but yeah, there probably isn't all four of them to a point. Yeah, I definitely, definitely, yeah. I, I would, I would say that, and and really, not it goes beyond Kiss in a lot of these books, whether it's The Dirt or Stephen Piercy's book or or whatever. Yeah. Oh, but to 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 get back to to Gary, I do want to just mention it. We yeah, had yeah, him, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we had him on for those those two. Well, it was it was a one long interview, but it was two parts that we released it in, and um, it was fun, and we stayed in touch with Gary because he lives here in Nashville, and um, yeah, we've talked to him numerous times since, and I'll text back and forth with him. We kept going back and forth, going, "Hey, you know, we want you back," and he's like, "Well, you know, I've said all I need to really say about Kiss," and right, we're like, "No, no, 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 we want to talk about something else. You're just fun to hang out with." And, uh, he was like, well, why don't we do a keyboard player discussion? And, and we're like, well, you know, Aaron and I are not really big keyboard fans, you know, um, I, me more so than him, but, uh, but we're like, yeah, let's have it back on. And, you know, we all came up with like a list as kind of the definitive list of hard rock and metal keyboardists and had him back and just went through the list. And man, it was, uh, we sat back and we had drinks and, uh, it was another loose interview. Wow. This was a loose interview, but a lighthearted one because there was a lot of just funny joking around and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Gary is is an A-plus guest for us, and um, we're definitely going to have him back on again. And that episode is currently posted, right? Yeah. Um, we, well, we, yeah, we put out a, a Rocktoberfest thing this past week, but that was the week before. But, yeah, it's okay, just, cool. just going back a couple of weeks back. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure when this will be released, but, yeah, it's uh, – um, it's just a couple of weeks back from as of the time we're recording this. And, uh, yeah, we've, uh, but yeah, we put a show out every Monday. Aaron Camaro is my co-host. You know, we've been doing it for, you know, since April 2011. And, uh, I can't imagine how you guys are doing. I don't know how you guys are doing up to like 500 shows. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully we'll still be doing it then. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I do before we get into deep Vinny and Kiss discussion, I want to, and thank you and kiss your ass a little bit because you guys were a big part of why I got into doing podcasting in the first place. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I used to watch the TV show and, um, that was, yeah, you guys were one of the first podcasts I ever got into. I bought an iPod to have in my cubicle at work and started looking through the iTunes store. And then I see talking metal and I'm like, is that the talking metal I used to watch on TV? Cause I didn't right, know it was, right. a, it was, a, I didn't know it was a podcast first. And, um, yeah, I started listening to it from there. So yeah, you know, and then after listening for a few months and, some other shows that I got into comedy shows and stuff. Right. I, I was like, man, this would be fun to do, you know, and actually to get into the Vinny part of this thing, my podcast started because of Vinny Vincent. I was writing a book about Vinny Vincent and that's oh, what, wow. le- that's what led to the podcast. What happened to the book? Did you complete it? No. <laughs> no. Still working I, um, on it or you n- kind of well, left it? Well, here's what happened. I, I did a few inter- audio interviews with people while it was a book and just to, to record them to transcribe later. And I had around a hundred and I think about 120 pages of material written out and my computer completely crashed oh. and I lost just about everything. Oh my God. And so after I pulled my fist out of the wall, I, um, I, I still had some of the audio from the interviews that I did. I'm like, well, I did one with uh, Ed Roman who's, you know, passed away now, but he, uh, he had a, a deal that went south with Vinny on a guitar back in Vegas and yep, yep. um Rick Fox, who's been on the show. And so they were like phone conversations. But I was like, I, I was talking to my wife one day. I was like, this really bums me out. I, you know, I had all this good material for a book and now I lost it. And then, um, but I'm listening to these podcast things and maybe I can use some of the audio from this and just create a podcast. And now you say the, Rick Fox, uh, as in the guy who was in Steeler. Yeah. And what was his connection with, uh, Vinny? 
Oh, that's in, um, I think he's on part one. I've got that whole interview on there. Um, he, let's see. Well, he's, his kiss history goes really far back because he dated Peter's sister back in the loft days. But, um, cause he's from New York. And, but when he got out to LA, he met Vinny during, um, actually during Vinny's auditions for kiss. Like they were in a, like a rehearsal studio or a hangar or something. And he was he in, in Steeler with Ron Keel at this point? Uh, I'm probably this is, close. Uh, if not, yeah, if not was, at that time, he probably joined shortly after. Yeah, I mean, according to him, he was with Wasp at the very beginning or something, and then, then um, that went south, and um, so it was probably between that and when Steeler got started up. But so we're talking like eighty eighty two, I guess. And Vinny, uh, he was walking in to talk to Paul and Gene, I think, or he's just in the same building with them. And Gene said, um, "This guy that this guy that we're uh, going to use now to replace Ace is in that other room," you know playing around and right. he goes goes into that room and according to Ricky he opened the door and Vinny was playing through these stacks of marshals and he was wearing a, a pair of Ace's boots to get used to wearing the boots. Wow, wow. That's um, but uh, now the, the juicy part of the Rick Fox Vinny Vincent story is that there's a song that he, I think the band he was in was called Sin at the time and they did a song called On the Run and Vinny liked that song and hung around those guys a lot. You know, all those guys used to hang out together. And um, next thing he knows, that song was, he claims, was ripped off by Vinny and was used and turned into uh, Let Freedom Rock on the Vinny Vincent Invasion uh, All Systems Go album. Wow, with Mark Slaughter. Wow. Right. So that's that was the, the juicy part of it. And Rick was named in the bankruptcy case in 89 that when Vinny filed bankruptcy and he showed up at the hearings in L.A. and Vinny wouldn't look, wouldn't make eye contact with him or anybody. He just, wow. you know, he, ba- he basically turned tail and filed bankruptcy. I mean, what what a just an incredible story this is. I mean, I'd, I'd love to read a book about Vinny Vincent. I'd love to see a documentary. I mean, Mitch and I have spoken about, hey, we should do a documentary on this guy. And I, I really think it would be an incredible thing to watch or to read. Yeah. However, as you know, it's 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 easier said than done. And uh, yeah. you know, Vinny, it's it's just like, where is this guy? It's it's he's he, I think, is probably still out in your area in, in is, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah I don't. There had know. been rumors maybe he returned to the Sandy Hook area of Connecticut, right. where his daughters run a makeup business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that's the case. I think he's probably still in Tennessee. Yeah, I don't. I can't say exactly where he is because I don't know exactly where. I used to because I live about ten minutes from where the house was that you know just recently got auctioned off or was up for auction, and um, so I used to know where that was. But um, I do know that he is still fulfilling T-shirt orders that people have ordered. So there's um, been additional T-shirts ordered. Yeah past the original seven or whatever. Were. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's still sending them out. Um, cause I, I still look at the, it's VV forums, which is kind of the, the ultimate place for Vinny Vincent fans to read up on what's going on with him. Yeah. And the um, t-shirts guys, Vinny Vincent, basically, if you're not up on all the Vinny gossip, which I don't expect everybody to be up on it, but he is selling autographed t-shirts Mm-hmm. For like seventy five bucks or something, yeah, right? That's exactly how much. Well, and then and the, initially, that's what he was fulfilling was the t. You pay the seventy five dollars, and he was fulfilling those. And I, you know, even on my show, I gave him credit because the guy's got a 
pretty bad history as far as not fulfilling things. Right. Um, I, you know, I said, well, I tip my hat to you. At least you're, you're, you're making good on this. And, um, and actually in, in recent times, in the last, I think, few couple of months, I'd say I've been seeing people that are posting in their pictures of their orders and they say, I ordered a shirt. And then he'd send like one or two, sometimes more eight by tens also signed for no extra charge. So he's, wow. I mean, he's, okay. he's actually, you know, putting stuff out there. Um, I don't know. It's as far as where, but I do know that those orders are being shipped from Tennessee. So I, okay. and I don't see Vinny having an assistant or a company or anything like that. That's, what I was, think it, it's uh, what all. What was him. the guy on, on, I guess it was, uh, three sides of the coin? There was that guy who ran the James. official, yeah, yeah, Facebook page. And then he mentioned that, was it Meredith or Mar- Meredith? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vinny's, Vinny's got a assistant Meredith, right? Yeah, he's got a history of, you know, according to me, I'm going to say it's all alleged, um, of like saying, you know, I'm so-and-so from Department A and I'll fulfill your order. But it's really, I think it's really just a one-man show there. Right. So he was writing emails right, to this guy who was running his official Facebook page, but he was writing them as Meredith. As this Meredith. is this is what is alleged. That's at, what is alleged. I'm not right. saying it's a fact because I yeah. don't know. I'm not watching the guy type up the emails or not, you know. Right. But, right. um, yeah, and, that's what, and that was what, on, there was a, they explained that and had this guy on who was running the, uh, the Facebook page on three sides of the coin. Right. Uh, what was his name? His name's James. James. Um, and, um, yeah, he was initially, I, well, we were thinking of having him on too. And, um, and I was going to, and, um, he did three sides and I, you know, and I was getting ready to, you know, start setting up a time. And it was right, I think it was a day or two after Three Sides' episode came out that Diane passed away. Right. And at that point, I just told him, it's like... Diane was, for anybody who's not in the loop, Diane was Vinny's, I believe, second wife, right? Second wife, right. And I was just like, after that point, I kind of went hands off. I was just like, you know, this goes beyond the bounds of music and, you know, our show is a music show. So I was kind of like... I don't, I don't need to, you know, there's no need, I don't need to stir up a hornet's nest of what's going on with, with Vinny at, at that point. Cause I was like, I'm going to let sleeping dogs lie. So pardon right. the pun. And of course you've attempted to get interviews with him, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's been a while since I've bothered. Um, I've been told in no uncertain terms through, not through him himself, of course, but through people supposedly representing him that, he doesn't appreciate the shows that I've done on him and thinks they're slanderous and I should be sued basically is basically what I've been told. So, wow. but wow. you know, that's well, funny. Eddie Trunk it, is on a recent episode of talking metal. And I asked Eddie what happened with your attempts to get Vinnie Vincent. And basically I think he probably was talking to that same lawyer guy that you're talking about. And, uh, you know, he he told Vinny that he is ready to talk to him, mm-hmm. and that he has an open invitation to appear on whatever the radio show, that metal show, you name it. He he, you know, even in print, Eddie said he'll do an interview with him in print, and it just kind of faded. And I forget exactly what Eddie says in the interview I just did with him, but I think he says like they they said he's not ready or he's, you know thinking yeah. about it and if if he decides that he is ready he will definitely first and foremost contact Eddie Trunk to to give that interview. Well and and that should that should be the case. I mean yeah. I think if if anyone gets him Eddie should get him, you know. Yeah, and I've I I actually I got this phone number um from a guy 
who had somehow dealt with Vinny, booked him at a KISS convention a long time ago. And I called the phone number and I got an answering machine and, and said, hey, it's Mark from Talking Metal. I'd like to have you on the podcast. Of course, I never heard back. I don't know if that number was legit. It wasn't like, you know, you have reached Vinny Vincent. It was a woman's voice <laughs> who could have been Diane. And possibly I'm now quite sure that the day I left the message on that phone is the day she may have passed away. Oh, wow. Not not positive, and again, it may have not even been the right right number. But I, I did leave a message there. Did then, you know? Did, I was gonna ahead. say, did, did you know Diane had deeper ties to Kiss than just Vinny? Um, yeah, I think you told me that she dated Ace at one point. She did. She yeah. she she yeah, she dated well. Well, she saw Ace back right during the late eighties, early nineties, I believe. And there's there's actually pictures in a, a book that came out. A few huh. years. Yeah. No. Wow, that's interesting. Um, so well, she was just a hardcore Kiss fan, or what? Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, she was a big Kiss fan, and um, I know someone who's talked to, uh, who's been in con, who well, they were in contact with her parents not long after everything went down, and um, her mom had mentioned that she was a huge Kiss fan, and that's how she met Ace, and then she, and that's how she met Vinny, who she was a fan attending an expo. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and she worked the table out at Nam a number of right. years ago. Right. And I, I know a few people who who spoke with her out there and somebody even uh said, Where's Vinny? And she said, Oh, he's back in the hotel watching watching T V. Mm-hmm. So yeah. kind of I don't weird. Is he don't, a public phobia, you think? I think that has something to do with this is pure speculation on my part. I don't I I never talked to the man, so I, I couldn't tell you, you know, what's going on in his head, but just from speculation I, there's got to be some sort of fear of being in the public eye or I, you know, and I'm not, I don't know. I'm kind of one of, I'm considered more of a defender of his than other people are and other people that host shows and stuff. Cause to me, I think he gets bashed way too much. Um, but that's, that's on a musical level because, um, on a personal level, I do think that there's more than meets the eye as far as, some of the some of the business dealings and things that have gone down because I'll just say this when is because you know Gene and Paul like to quote this whole 15 lawsuit thing that right you know and yeah Vinny has sued them a number of times but a lot of what you're seeing though were appeals of the same suit that got pushed to the next court and if you really do your homework on this stuff Vinny's main lawsuit for I believe it was maybe it was I think it was songwriting royalty went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. And you don't, you're not filing something that's frivolous if it makes it all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean, Good there's, point. Point. there's, act, there is merit there if it gets to that high of a court. And I think there's a real argument for in his favor there. And Vinny has never been able to afford lawyers that are on the level of the lawyers that Gene and Paul can afford. Oh, yeah. Right. Totally. So, you know, as as difficult as he is to work with, I don't doubt that at all. I think he's kind of the the whole tortured genius thing to a T. Um, nobody's ever said Eddie Van Halen was very much fun to work with either. Um, not that I'm putting him on the same level as Eddie Van Halen, but yeah. me personally, I love his guitar playing. But um, I do think he probably has done some unethical things, but at the same time, I don't think we should paint him with such a wide brush because I think there is merit to some of his arguments. Okay, fair enough. Now, I had got this email 
off of the YouTube page for his guitar, his signature model guitar. Right. And over the course of the past five years, I've or whatever that guitar has been for sale, I don't know, four years, five years, I've emailed that account probably nine, ten times mm-hmm. and uh, basically said, hey, it's Mark from Talking Metal. We've Ozzy's been on the show twice. We just had Tommy Thayer on, and he said a lot of good stuff about Vinnie Vincent. Would love to right. interview Vinnie. You know, just a bunch of freaking nonsense, you know, paragraph <laughs> of trying to get him interested in coming on for an interview like why would he come on talking metal when he has a platform like eddie trunk open for him uh, and of course i never heard anything back i kind of figured like who knows if this email account is even valid right. however two about two months ago maybe three months ago about i sent an email to that account again mm-hmm. and i said hey it's uh it's mark striegel from talking metal i still am very interested in interviewing Vinnie Vincent, and I'm willing to pay for the interview. I said, I've never, ever paid for an interview before from Nikki Six to Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> to Yannick Gears. You know, I've never paid for an interview, but Vinnie is an exception. Right. I said, please let me know if you're interested. And I swear to God, 48 hours later, boom, I got an email back uh-huh. from a guy named Mark who is a lawyer mm-hmm. and represents Vinny. It's probably the same guy you have had some contact with, right? Yeah. yeah. And a few other people that I know, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm assuming it's the same guy Eddie Trunk had contact with. And this mm-hmm. is what it, what the email said. I received your email inquiry at the, and he lists the email, order one, whatever the yep. email is, about an interview with Vinny Vincent. I represent Vinny on various matters. Vinny has not done any interviews or made public appearances in years. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) He has received offers and requests to tell his story about various matters regarding his time and kiss and his own solo career. Vinny is looking for the right media outlet to share his story, answer questions, In order to evaluate your request, I would need some information, such as what is the anticipated subject matter of the interview? Where would the interview air or be published? Who would be responsible for editing the final content? And what is your proposed compensation for such an interview? (laughs) The big question, really the only question that matters, I think, is that, that, yeah. And I will reveal now yeah, how for the much first time ever what what I uh, what <laughs> I offered him. Of course, I consulted two people before I, I came back. One being my wife, who of course shares a bank account with me, and uh, the other being John, my partner <laughs> here on Talking Metal, who works with Ace. It's no secret. Um, yeah. And John told me said something like don't offer him anything. And then I said, no, I got to offer him something. He's like, well, offer him 500 bucks. I said, no, he's not going to do it for 500 bucks. Uh, my wife said, yeah, right. you can offer him a thousand. So I went back and offered him $1,500 for the interview. Um, and again, this is my own money. Wow. We don't make money doing talking metal. I mean, sometimes we make 50 bucks here or there with some, you know, Squarespace sponsorship or something. But in general, we're we're barely breaking even. 
so yeah, I offered yeah. him fifteen hundred dollars, right. and uh, the guy came back. Let's see, um, I'm looking. Uh, okay, so here's my response to him, and I won't say his name, uh, but I said, thanks for your email. I host a show called Talking Metal. We are the number one hard rock and metal podcast on iTunes. Not not anymore. That now belongs to Eddie Trunk. But um, we are also featured on Spreaker and Stitcher. We have been featured in such television stations as MTV2, VH1, and Fuse. Uh if I were given the opportunity to talk to Vinnie Vincent, the interview would go out to listeners through our audio podcast feed. It would reach thousands of people. The interview would be conducted over the phone. I would need a week or so notice to set up the studio and prepare questions. Actually, I probably wouldn't have needed that much time, but um, this, I just wanted to get the questions right if it were going to happen. The subject right. of the interview would be Vinny's career. We would want to talk to him about his time yeah. in KISS, the Vinny Vincent invasion, and hear about what he is currently up to musically. I promise you that we would avoid talking about his family or any lawsuits that he's been involved with, with KISS or anything else. I'm a longtime fan, and we will be very respectful. I would be, I would be responsible for editing the interview before it is posted. Talking Metal, my show, has interviewed the biggest stars in hard rock and heavy metal, including Nikki Six, Ozzy Osbourne, Iron Maiden, Deep Purple, System of a Down, Megadeth, Kiss, Slayer, Pantera, Warrant, Skid Row, and many more. And many more. We have never paid for an interview, but would make an exception for the opportunity to speak to Vinnie Vincent for one hour. Our podcast is free for pub for the public to listen to, and we have very little support from advertisers. I work a day job to pay my bills. This isn't a source of income for me. I would be willing to pay $1,500 for an opportunity to interview Vinnie Vincent for one hour over the phone. This, again, that's all the guy has to do is pick up the phone and call me and gets 15. Yeah, and it, it actually would have cost me more than that, Chris, because right, I probably would have had to have some sort of legal you know, advice on my end, you know, to put things in an escrow account or something. I'm not just going to mail a check or or drop off $1,500 cash, you know. So it would have cost probably more than that. Uh, And I got an immediate response that said, Mark, thanks for your reply and information. Vinny is exploring some other options right now and is not interested in giving an interview. So I guess... He's exploring other options, but he's not in, mm-hmm. interested in giving an interview. I guess it's, it, it, what he probably meant is with you, but yeah, uh, he didn't say that. And well, then I responded immediately and said, please keep us in mind. I can definitely go up to 2,000 if that makes any difference. <laughs> Did he respond and say you need to no. add a zero to that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what does Vinny want to talk? I mean, and, I and, and, and you know, you have these these fan back things and and what is it a kickstarter i've thought about doing that i mean if 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 we were to to you and i or mitch or or whoever start a a fund i mean i i would honestly even if it was for eddie trunk even if it were the interview were to be on eddie trunk i mean we should talk to him about that i mean how much could we raise i mean could we could we raise a hundred thousand for the guy to talk i mean i think i wouldn't want to raise that much for him to talk yeah i mean what do you think he's looking for uh if i had well gosh knowing the numbers that he comes up with for stuff i probably five grand maybe maybe that's it maybe more 
Right, I don't I know. Do that. I got you know, to crunch would, some numbers here. Five grand I might be able to do. Well, my my suggestion would be for something like that, you would need to know from him. Say, what what's your number? Yeah. Well, he never responded, but maybe maybe I should. Maybe I should respond right now. You know, what, <laughs> what's the number? We could all put the word out. I could. I know, I'm friends with all the Kiss podcasts. We could. We could just put the whole word out and say, yeah. put money into this, and maybe we get them to talk. But it, it, the stipulation for anyone that wants to fund money for that is they're going to want real answers to real questions, not just right. stuff about the songs. That's the that's the sticking point. Yeah. And in my opinion, I because there's a lot of people that you know, Vinny feels like he's being hounded by people all the time <laughs> because of interview requests and whatnot. Well. In my opinion, a lot of that would go away if he would do one interview and clear yeah. it all up. I mean, well, it's like when Axl Rose hadn't appeared in public for years and years and years. The the, the internet rumors and chatter yep. and, and stuff, it gets more intense. It gets right. more crazy and, and people start getting wacky because, because they, they want this person that they idolize so much to say something, anything, right. you know, to, yeah. to appear in public. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think if the guy's got a public phobia, uh, which who knows if he does or not, but the best way to ease the craziness that's going on, and I think the craziness that Axel had, you know, ten years ago uh, or whatever, more than that, on him was probably a lot bigger than than anything oh, sure. Vinny is experiencing, but. Uh, Listen, when you have an article written in Rolling Stone magazine about, you know, where's Vinny? It's a real story. It's, it's a real story and it's a big deal and, and and people care and it's it's not just the 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 hardcore Vinny Vincent fans. You know, I think there's there's a, a, a public interest out there. Well, I you know, and it, the all of the things started with um with the book idea. I'm trying to remember what it was is I had a mild interest in Vinny initially just because of his kiss years and but I never all through the eighties and early nineties I didn't pay any attention to invasion or any of that stuff. And I remember Love Kills from the Nightmare on Elm Street soundtrack. That was the extent of my Vinny knowledge right. back then. And then um what it was that's what it was is the the message board, the double V or the yeah, double V message board, um that became a big deal because Vinny was helping run that message board. And basically I, I became a member of that message board and, you know, the, the we started hearing news about, oh, my guitar might be coming soon and then uh, new music's being worked on. And, um, I, and then next thing you know, everyone's kicked off of that board, including the guy that was running it, the guy that owned it. Do you know that whole story? No. I mean, I've heard little bits and pieces, but I don't think I know the whole story. Okay, is it, well, is it a long, is it a long story? Or? Well, I mean, it, just to, in a nutshell, <clears throat> this guy opened up a Vinny, he opened up the Vinny Vincent message board, and right. he was just a huge fan. And somehow, Vinny got somebody representing Vinny, probably the same lawyer we're talking about, got in touch with him and said, "Vinny really likes what you're doing with this message board, and he would like to be involved." And the guy initially was like, "Well, he's like he'd like to." Vinny would like to own the board and have you run it. And the guy said, well, I'm not just going to hand this over to anybody. How do I know it's really Vinny Vincent? Nobody talks to him. Right. And the guy got Vinny to agree to call him on the phone, and he talked to Vinny for about five minutes. Wow. And so he's like the only person that's really talked to him in the last few years. And um, he had a good conversation with him and then started running the board. And then 
according to him, um, then he started like registering himself as different people on the board <laughs> and started making very inappropriate I, I mean, comments. it's been alleged that Axel did that on, on numerous GNR boards, too. Well, there you go. And I've he tried was, to Dexter. That was Axel's name on this. Yeah, one. I remember that. Yeah. I remember all that. And then, um, he was, he was this, he was making inappropriate comments and some of the stuff was pretty, uh, Pretty harsh in nature. What was he saying? What was uh, he some, saying? Some of the stuff was uh, on the anti-Semitic level, um, okay. involved, involving right. Gene and Paul and um, right. stuff. And but it always was different people. And he was doing that, but at the same time, people would come on that board and ask about, well, when is Vinny going to tell us about what happened with the box set? I never got my box set. And right. Vinny would instruct this guy, "You need to delete all these posts." So it kind of became like a dictatorship, and then. Vinny started controlling the board and he started deleting stuff off left and right. And the guy, you know, was like, at one point he had to like take a day and go do something for his job because he worked a real job. And, um, next thing he knows, he's completely locked out of the forum. Everyone, including me, was kicked off the forum. Right. And, and he closed and You were it banned from the Facebook page too, right? Oh, yeah. That, that didn't yeah. take long at all. Yeah. Um, I learned that on three sides of the coin. Yeah, yeah, I'm quote unquote a real troublemaker according to him. And um but And who else was it Mitch? He was banned too? Yeah, he doesn't like Mitch at all. Yeah. Um or Mitch Lafon we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so and he really doesn't like Mike either. Um but that's where Mike and I differ. I, I respect Mike and you know, we're friends and all, but we differ on Vinny as a musician because now, I think, you're talking about Mike from the three sides. Podcast. Yeah, Mike, yeah, we Michael we Brand. differ on on Vinny's musical output because, in my opinion, the guy's a brilliant songwriter and a brilliant guitar player. Yeah, and um, let's ta- let's let let's end on a positive note. Yeah, let's talk about that because he did some great stuff with Kiss. I mean, obviously, even Paul Stanley in his book, as big as Lick It Up was, Paul Stanley thinks that Creatures was actually a better record, and and I might agree with him on that, but. Whether you think Lick It Up is better or Creatures is better, Vinny had a major hand in those records. You know, sure. not just with his playing, but probably more importantly with his songwriting. Oh, totally. The guy's a, a monster songwriter, and you know, Adam Mitchell is who introduced him to Gene, and you know, his, you know, the fact that I Love It Loud is as overplayed as it is now um, was a big deal for them to get a song like that, especially after unmasked and the elder you know it was something kind of putting their foot back firmly on rock ground again but um yeah the good the, the songwriting on that and then he you know he has eight co-writes on lick it up so right. i mean he oh he owns which is the album according to paul stanley that that really put him back on top and i, I do yeah. think that them taking their makeup off at that time helped them and i i, I just told this story to somebody i don't know who the hell i was talking to oh Cassius or, or you know that guy Cassius yeah from yeah yeah I just did an interview with him and he um I was telling him you know I I I I think as a kid I was this major Kiss fan from the time I was like eight or nine years old and then it got to the point where I was maybe 12 and none of my friends liked Kiss anymore <laughs> they told me my Paul Stanley iron-on that I used to wear to school was stupid. And I, I started believing it. I was like, well, I guess these guys are right. Kiss is no good. And I, for a number of years, probably two, I mean, it, it seemed like an eternity, but that's because I was a little kid, you know. But for like two or three years, I, I basically stopped listening to Kiss. 
I didn't buy The Elder at the time. I didn't buy Creatures. I remember seeing the album cover and and being very curious about it in the record store. My mom even saying, hey, do you want that? You used to love that group. Right. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want that, Mom. I don't want that because Kiss was not cool at that time. Okay. And at the same time, I was getting into Motley Crue. I was getting in, you know, Rat was hitting and, well, maybe not Rat quite yet, but I was getting into a lot of Scorpions, uh, um, you know, ACDC, of course, all these different bands mm-hmm. that were music. in the same. Well, yeah, at that time, I wasn't really getting into thrash quite yet, but right. I was getting into bands that were kind of in the same genre as Kiss, but I I wasn't willing to give Creatures a chance because they still had the makeup on. They still, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, that's 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 70s. We're in the right. 80s now. Those guys are stuck in the past, you know, and none of my friends like them and none of the older cool kids at the junior high like them. And, and suddenly Lick It Up came out and it was like, hey, this is Kiss, but they're they're a lot like Motley Crue, you know. They're a lot like Rat. They're a lot like a lot of these other bands that are currently coming out. And I really embraced that record, and that's the record that, after a two or three year absence, brought me back into the Kiss fold. And I fell in love with the band again, and I immediately went and bought Creatures. Yeah. After I had picked up Lick It Up, I went back. I I started getting into the Elder. You know, I already had loved, loved Unmasked and Dynasty and all the albums before that, you know, so those suddenly came back into rotation. And Lick It Up is the album that that brought me back to my favorite band ever, which had been from, again, like age eight to 11 or 12, uh, had been Kiss. And it's been such a a major, major part of my life. So, um, yeah. Well, the... the the one-two punch of creatures and look it up together. I mean, that's you're not going to find two records in their catalog back to back that are that powerful, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, and Vinny was on those records. I mean, to yeah. bring it back to Vinny, and and not not just my personal story, but Vinny was on those records, and he made those records great. And if there's any question as to, well, you know, I've heard people say, well, couldn't. It was probably Paul, you know, and and it could have been somebody else. It didn't have to be, you know, if it wasn't Vinny, it would have been somebody else. But then you go to that first Invasion record, and it's insanely good. It's insanely good. It, it, you know, and Robert is a great song. Fleischman, yeah, great songwriter. Wrote with Journey. Wrote Wheel in the Sky. You know, the big Mm -hmm. Journey hit. uh, Along, I think, with Neil Sean. But anyways, this guy's a no slouch either. But Again, it's it's Vinny, and that record, that first Invasion record, is incredible. The songwriting is just insane. Oh, it is, and um, we actually had Fleischman on the show for one of our Vinny Vincent right. specials. Yeah, I think and, I did uh, hear that one. That's a very that's a very revealing interview too. He was in the mood to talk that day, but um, but no, yeah, the, the, the from what I've heard, I don't know if it's accurate, but I think I remember Vinny saying in interviews around the time he left that. He was actually doing, working on demos for Animalize. And hmm. some of those songs that are on that at first Invasion album were intended to be used by Kiss. Like, like back Animal. On the An- well, an Animal. Animal. Wow. Okay. You know, Kiss yeah, puts out Animalize. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. You know, I don't know now, if it's a fact, though. 
I mean, it, w- it makes sense, you know. I mean, what about the song "Back on the Streets"? Now, well, now that was odd because in one of those official Kiss books, mm-hmm. Vinny claims that there is a version of that song with Paul Stanley singing lead. Yeah, and I think in the Kiss book, he he uh, even comments that he, you know, this is one of those Kiss books from like ten, fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. one of the official ones that. He wishes Paul, you know, Kiss would release that because it's a great version. So we know that exists somewhere. It, yeah. it, of course, ended up on the first Invasion record. And then I used to, as a kid, or as a teenager, had this bootleg cassette that I'd bought at a record swap in the a Holiday Inn. Uh, you know, rec- it was held in the Holiday Inn. It was a record swap, and I bought this bootleg cassette of Ace playing at the Ritz probably like 84 85 and he played that song ace yeah. was playing a vinnie vincent song which is is weird it is weird and like yeah because kiss demoed it for the creatures album and then ace ace ended up demoing it and playing it live. there is a demo of there's an ace demo but it's richie scarlett singing the song right and and then john norum ended up doing it and releasing it as a single why didn't kiss put that on their box set because Vinny Vincent's name's on it, I'm sure. I don't know. I mean, because money would have to be paid out, I would imagine. I and they just hate him so much. I mean, there's I, even that yeah. story. I think it was Mitch who uncovered this. That um, what's the song? Unholy. Uh huh. Which it was. It came to light that maybe that beginning feedback or guitar yeah. noise may have actually been Vinny. That didn't they edit that off of the box set version of Unholy? Ooh, I don't know. I have I to think go back so. And yeah, I'm, don't quote me on that, but I think so. I That's think an interesting so. conspiracy yeah. if it's true. Because yeah. yeah, well, I don't know. I just, those guys, there's. If you've heard interviews with them about Vinny, you know there's no love lost there. I mean, they. Right. they Although they did thank him at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame speech. Gene did. Yeah. Gene did. Okay. Yeah, Paul's not about to. Um, right. But no, it's yeah. I. It's one of those things where like the first Invasion album was great. Um, all systems go is good in its own right, but I can tell that they kind of bent to record company pressure to be more commercial on that album. Um, and then the stuff that he did after that, that, you know, the guitars from hell and stuff right. is way too over the top in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I love shredder guitar records. I used to own Jason Becker stuff and Paul Gilbert stuff and all that stuff, but it was, it's just, it was a little, it was like atonal jazz type stuff, but, um, Vinny at his best was when he worked with Paul and Gene. And I think it, and people always say, did Vinny save Kiss? No, I don't think Vinny saved Kiss, but he was a contributing factor in getting them back to respectability after some really rough albums. But right. the, it was a combination of Vinny help coming in and helping the new change in the direction of the sound and the makeup. The makeup was a big thing. Cause just like you said, you were one of those kids that saw them in the makeup and were like, eh, they're old, they're old hat. I remember sixth grade. I went into sixth grade lo- loving Kiss, wearing my Paul Stanley iron on, and this is the early '80s. Mm-hmm. But the tide was changing. You know, Zeppelin was still cool. You know, the Eagles were still cool. There were a number of of '70s era bands that, even though they didn't really exist in the '80s, they still remained in a you know light that people viewed as hip and cool. Kiss wasn't one of those bands. You right. know, they, and and they. They were, and it may have been because they were more of a teeny bopper band. I mean, even the eighteen-year-olds, most of them didn't like Kiss. You know, it was this was a band that was truly 
a youth driven band, you know, 15 and under, you know. Well, yeah, and there's not going to be, I mean, how many people that were around for Parasite were still going to be as jazzed about hearing Shandy a few years later? Yeah. See, yeah, that's true. That's true. And I mean, I, I was probably, I was, I was too young to have experienced that song, Parasite, when it first yeah. came out. But Unmasked, for me personally, was an enormously big record in my life. And, and uh, I, I, to this day, I think it's a great record. You know, I love it. I think there's, I think there's germs of good songs there, but the direction it's overall and the, and the, the production, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pop not, record. Not, yeah. That and the Elder are two, two lower points in my, for me. Yeah. Well, Nothing cool. lower than Psycho Circus, though. I think it's really? the wor- worst album in the entire catalog. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Crazy Night, I, Crazy Nights, I have some issues with. See, I, uh, I love that album. Yeah. But that see, it's all there's a couple. All, there's a couple the great songs on Crazy Nights, though. I saw them on that tour. That was a, a great concert. But that was Psycho the Circus. Yeah, that it's it's one of it's one of the worst Kiss records. Psycho Circus yeah. is probably. One. I mean, the song Psycho Circus, I love. I do. Like however, that. and Into the Void, I I love. I however, like, the rest of that record, I could really take or take it or leave it. Yeah, I like Journey of a Thousand Years just because it's different, but. Stuff like the the ballad that Peter does. What's the it, second song on that record? That on, one's on Psycho Circus. Yeah, um, um, is it Within? Yeah, I kind of like that. Within, I kind of like that one. I like it on Carnival of Souls because <laughs> it it fits that album better than it did yeah. Psycho Circus. But yeah, I did, the the Raise Your Glasses and and We Are One. Ugh, you yeah, know. yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you on that. Definitely, I'm, I still love Kiss though. Even a bad Kiss record is a good record. Very true, very true. The, I've always said the only Kiss record I truly don't really enjoy listening to is the Peter Chris 78 solo record. Yeah, I had about a month that I tried to convince myself I liked it, and then finally I just gave up. Right on. Anyways, yeah. we should probably wrap it. We're about at an hour here. And, and Chris, it's been great talking Kiss with you. I, I could seriously go on another hour. I mean, it's just one of those things that's so fun to talk about and i'm sorry if we got a little too gossipy guys with with the vinnie vincent story there's even other stories i mean there was the t- <laughs> not the start start up but the sex change story was out there for a while uh, I, I which i think was complete deny any of that yeah know. i think that was fiction i heard from some guy who was at one of those conventions in the like the early or mid 90s with him that he said that uh, as he was meeting with the um, convention organizers, and and John 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 Astronomy John Ostrowski actually knows the guy who heard Vinny say that, really, um, and and it it sounded to me like he was just kind of like joking around, but people didn't get the joke, you know, and that suddenly the rumors started spreading, and he yeah, did I- things that didn't help, you know kill the rumor like he he showed up what was that weird thing where he showed up to sign something and he had those like real girly shoes on and he was holding that picture in front of him you know what i'm talking about oh no i don't know i remember the there was a convention where he showed up in the makeup but i don't know if that's the same thing you're talking about no no i feel like it was australia or something i i'll have to (laughs) check my facts but But see that's another thing where it's like do an interview clear it all up yeah yeah really Really, I, 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 we all just want to. I hell, screw an interview. Just put something out musically. I mean, let's hear you let's hear you play again, man. I mean, come on. Do you yeah. think he still plays? Do you think he's still I hope playing so. guitar? He's, he picks it up. You think he's still writing songs? I gotta think somebody is obsessive with music as he's been through the years. That 
and so good it. with it, so yeah. talented with it. Yeah. I, I've heard interviews of people say like, you know, you, he was unnerving to hang out with because he never would set the guitar down. Like he was constantly playing you know, plucking away. So I got to think he still plays to some extent. I mean, it, it's a tragedy if he's not. Right. Because it's just, it, and I just, I think the world still, I think plenty of people still want to hear from the guy. You know, Gene has said in, in one of his books that he's, he's never met somebody more self-destructive. And, and, and of course we've heard all the stories about Peter and Ace and their partying and the craziness, but what, but he doesn't go into detail, like when he says that he never met somebody who was more self-destructive than Vinnie Vincent. What could he mean? Is is it drug problems? Is it whoa? Mm, I don't think drugs ever were a thing for him. Really? I don't think so. I, you know, I've done a lot of digging. I was writing a book on him, so I don't, you know, and I didn't come across anything like that. But uh, alcoholism? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's anything substance-wise. I think there's, I think there's issues with. You know, personality issues. I just, that's all I can figure. But, you know, it's also coming, this is coming from Gene's standpoint. Gene saying, you know, Vinny would never sign a contract. Well, did we ever get a look at that contract? Did we ever see what terms they wanted him to sign to? Right. I mean, cause for all we know, they were trying to bend him over and screw him. I don't know. You know, right. it's, you, you know, us, us as Kiss fans, we're like, come on, you know, you're going to play in Kiss. Why don't you sign the contract? But, he was, I don't get the impression he was ever a Kiss fan. He was coming from a musician standpoint and was probably like, you know, you're going to compensate me fairly for my services. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not totally waving the Vinnie Vincent flag here either. There's plenty of evidence of him doing very questionable things. So don't mm-hmm. think that I'm 100% defending him. But at the same time, there's, you know, there's two sides to every story on something. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Well, we'll leave it at that and maybe we'll pick it up on another uh, episode somewhere down the road and keep talking kiss, keep talking Vinnie Vincent and let's, you know, both just hope that this guy can, can come out and at least tell his story. I, I think yeah. Eddie trunk would be a great platform yeah. for I, him I, to do that, you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, I, I don't know how much he wants for an interview, but we've, I think I've recently found out that it, that there is, there is a possibility that if you have enough money, you might be able to buy the interview. It's, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. I I I would gladly chip in because I'd love to hear from the guy. Yeah, if if everyone who wants to hear from him gave twenty bucks, I mean, we'd probably have what I don't know ten twenty thousand. You know, who knows how many? You know, I I just think I I think there are a lot of people that want to. Rolling Stone wants to hear from him. I yeah, mean, got, that gave credence to the whole thing. Yeah. You know, not as much as as much as I don't like Rolling Stone, but still they are Rolling Stone. Yeah, and I do think the new crop of writers there are a little more open to to Kiss, and we can't we can't blame them for the sins of the past, really. Yeah, uh, of course, you know you still have that that Jan Wanner Wanner guy in charge of the whole thing. So I guess it's, yeah. it's still kind of the same thing. But the new group and crew and uh, of writers, I think, respect bands like Kiss and, and Led Zeppelin a lot more than and Black Sabbath for that matter a lot more than uh, the the guys that were there in the seventies and eighties. Well, that or also you have to figure that uh, you kind of need to please more people now that magazines don't sell like they used to. 
And it, it wasn't just metal. I mean, they made mistakes on other stuff, too. I mean, they gave U2 Unforgettable Fire, you know, which I think is a great record. I know a lot of metalheads might not like it. but oh, I like it. Most, most rock critics think that that was a great record. The public thought it was a great record. Rolling Stone magazine gave it a terrible review. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they gave Zeppelin's album. I think Kurt Loder actually wrote the review. Well, uh, that explains a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Kurt Loader's. <laughs> yeah, I've, he's 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 all right. I've met him a number of times. He's he's all right. But uh, saw Hendrix play live, so you got to give him some credit there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, can I do a quick plug for the show? Absolutely, go for it. Okay, so yeah, Aaron Camaro is my co-host. We've been doing this for going on four years. Put a new show out every Monday, Decibel Geek Podcast. Go to decibelgeek.com. We're big on, big into Facebook. So go to the Decibel Geek on fa- the uh, fan page on Facebook and interact with us. And, uh, gotta say, this is, this has been really fun finally getting to come on the show with you because I've been a listener for a long time. Cool. Well, you're doing a great job with your show. You and Aaron both are. And I, Definitely want the Talking Metal listeners to check it out. We, we've plugged you guys a number of times, and uh, there's a reason for that, and that's because you do a great show. So, guys, definitely check out Chris and Aaron on the Decibel Geek show on most platforms, as you mentioned earlier in the show. iTunes is usually the way most people get it. So go subscribe and leave a review on iTunes for Chris and Aaron and the Decibel Geek podcast. Thank you so much. You bet. All right, guys, we're going to end with a little kiss. Let's end with something here. Chris, what do you think? Something off of Creatures or something off of uh, Lick It Up? Let's do something off of Lick It Up. Let's play... uh, I love this song. This is a great song. Let's play Not For The Innocent. 